0: But I think this—I think this year we're going to do a little bit different. I think we're going to serve communion on Sunday morning. Will that be okay? A resurrection morning on—on um, Easter on your calendar, but a resurrection um, for those that are following the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think we're going to serve communion um, on Sunday morning. So here's what that means. Um, you know that we don't serve communion weekly, or even monthly, um, or even quarterly. Um, I usually. Try to do it at least two, maybe three times a year. Because it's really, really special. It's important. I don't want to make communion just a ritual or tradition or or some rite of passage. I want you to take it for what it was given to us for. Paul said that some of us don't take communion serious enough, so there were some sick. And he said, yeah, even some were dead or had died because they didn't understand the power of communion and um, what we're going to do is we're going to prepare I would, I would ask at some point during this week you have a um, time of prayer maybe repentance, reflection um, maybe in preparation of what God's going to do for you um, over the next season or the next quarter uh, maybe even a, a time of fasting but I really want you to take communion serious um, it is the breaking of the body which is provided for our healing it is the shedding of the blood which is uh, provided for our salvation so we're going to take this together, and we're going to um, test one, test one. All oh, right, we got our wireless back, and uh, we're going to come together as a church and take communion. Now, last year we could not do this because I didn't know how to get another communion tray. We only had 50 slots in the in the serving tray, so we typically did it on Thursday because you know i not more than 50 people show up on Thursday. Uh, when we bought the church in Storm Lake. Um, it came with maybe enough to do 400 servings of communion, and it matches our set here. And so now we'll be able to do serve communion uh, the right way and do it uh, in large numbers, too. So we will do that. Now, again, um, if you're not familiar with our uh, organization, we are a Wesleyan-based um, type organization, meaning many of the people that started our organization were from the Methodists and the Wesleyans and the Nazarenes and Southern Baptists in these areas. Um, we serve grape juice like most of the Methodist Church there are some I guess that would serve alcohol but we serve grape juice here we are not going to tempt anybody I have been clean and sober uh, for 20 some years I am not throwing that away and so we will serve grape juice uh, here and uh, unleavened bread which would be broken a couple of years ago we actually took loaves and broke that off and did it that way um, that was kind of messy but it was fun uh, to be able to do that too, so we will take communion together next um, next week, next Sunday on our Sunday morning service, and kind of break our tradition a little bit. Why don't you stand with me, Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-six? Before we even get to the resurrection, we have to go through Jerusalem. We have to get through Palm Sunday. I want to preach a message that really has kind of stirred me. I've been asking God for wisdom. Um, you know, somebody. Uh, asked me for a little counsel and I said I have to get some wisdom on that and this is the only word that kept coming back to me over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again I can't shake it, I, I don't know if you've ever been captured by God's word or if you've ever been healed by His word but He won't let me go with this whole thought, I tried to explain it yesterday to my wife and she shook her head and so that's a nice thought and that was about it I'm like you don't understand it's, it's captured me, it won't let me go and so today on Palm Sunday anybody know what Palm Sunday is? Jesus rides in to Jerusalem. It is the first of his last week. I want you to get that picture. He's riding in on the first of the week, meaning Sunday. It is his last week that leads up to what many would say his death, but to us, it be his resurrection. Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-six says this: "But when he saw the multitudes, now I have to, I have to explain." Oops, I'm sorry. I opened up the wrong one. I was about ready to preach a whole different message. I'm like, that ain't what he gave me. <laughs> I want you to go to John chapter 13. Good exercise. We're doing, we're doing certain drills. John chapter 13. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that was part of Storm Lake's message, right? You don't get Storm Lake message. You get Marathon's message. John chapter 13, verse 14. Um, Many times in the Scripture you'll find where Jesus does things for an example, right? We know the Old Testament is a schoolmaster, the Bible says. It is a pattern of things that we should follow. But many times Jesus did things to be an example. One of my favorite things He did was this when He washed people's feet. Watch this, He said, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15 goes on to say, for I have given you an example everybody say example exactly. that ye should do as I have done so you see this pattern all over, over. God saying I am doing something for example why did Jesus need to be baptized? Exactly. there's an example exactly he, he didn't need baptism the way we need baptism but he wanted to set an example or a pattern down did, does everybody understand that? Luke chapter 19 now we're going to go to the sermon I'm sorry Luke chapter 19 I threw you for a curve. I threw me for a curve. I'm like, what in the world? Verse 27. Luke chapter 19, verse 27. Jesus set an example. Everything he did was to teach us something. A pattern. An example. A pattern. This this is what I couldn't I couldn't shake this because of the example. I'm like, God, what are you trying to teach us through this Palm Sunday? What what are you trying to teach us? What is this pattern? And, and, and this is what fascinates me. Jesus, if you can imagine that morning when he got up and set his face towards Jerusalem. I mean, when, when it was just like, just like any other morning. He just got up and said, okay, we're going to Jerusalem. His disciples said, really, we're going to Jerusalem? He said, yeah, I've got to do something. He, he started preparing for this whole week. Everything in his life led up to this moment. The whole purpose of him being here was culminating into a week worth of suffering, of pain, of torture, of betrayal. I mean, 33 and a half years, many scholars say, is the extent of his life. But everything pointed to this moment. And look at what he says. This is the strangest thing he says. He says, But those mine enemies. I mean, he's going to Jerusalem. And he concludes his saying before he packs up and heads out of town. It's like, okay, everybody, we're going to get ready to go to Jerusalem. But those my enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring them hither and slay them before me. Anybody ever feel that way? Man? Yes. How many people have been so hurt that sometimes you just like to pull the enemy out and just have it killed? Yes. Yes. Okay, I, I'm going to get into your, your mail here pretty quick i, I got to be honest, there are times that I just want to choke the living life yeah. out of something that has risen up against me. Yeah. And Jesus concludes this. He says, you know what? My enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, yeah. bring them hither and I'll slay them before me. Yeah. And then look at the next verse. He says, and when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. He said, sometimes I just want to choke my enemy. Let's go to Jerusalem. Sometimes I get so ticked off yeah. I just want to kill him. Let's go to Jerusalem. Yeah. I mean, is this am I the only one that started freaking out about this? I mean, Jesus walked in flesh, he was tormented, he was, he, he was tempted with the same things we were tempted with, but yet without sin. He walked in flesh. At one point he, he felt depression, he felt loneliness, he felt all these things. And it concludes this very important announcement. My enemies, let's kill him. Let's go to Jerusalem. I, just as I do, okay, I'll, I'll have to preach it because it won't it won't move you until this. Then watch this in verse 32. Skip down. Who I'm at the enemy. Let's go to Jerusalem. I could just kill. I I, I don't say that anymore because I'm a preacher, but I say things like this. I say to my children once, while I say, Nathan, you have made me so mad you can make a preacher swear. I said that once a while. Then he looked up and he's like, Really? Yeah, he's heard me say that. Enemy, if you won't submit to this, I'm going to bring you to the feet of Jesus and he's going to kill you. Let's go to Jerusalem. And then he says this And they that were set went their way and found even as he said unto them. He's setting the pattern. He's already prepared. He's heading into Jerusalem. He said, "Look, I got a plan. This is what we're going to do. Let's go to Jerusalem." He said, "Look, look." He says, "Uh, "The enemy? Yeah, we're going to kill him, and I got this all planned out." How many people don't realize that God's got everything in control, guys? Okay. Yeah, either at some point your theology has got to convince yourself that he's fallen off the throne and he's lost control. Like he's in heaven going, I didn't expect that. I don't know what to do at this point. I just, uh, this has been a bad week and I I missed it. I'm sorry I didn't see it coming. My fault, my bad, I'll take the blame. No, God never does that. He's already got a plan. He says, the enemy, I want to kill him. Let's go to Jerusalem. And he already put his plan in effect, and this is what the plan said. And they went their way and sent their way and found even as he had said to them. Verse 33 goes on to say, And as they were loosing the colt, the owner thereof said unto him, Why loose ye the colt? And verse 34. And he said, Oh, the Lord had need of him. Well, oh, wait a minute. Is this part of the plan? Or are we getting sidetracked here? No, Jesus said, no, this is part of the yeah. plan. This is how I'm starting the plan. You want the enemy dead? Let's go to Jerusalem. Let's put the plan in place. You want something done? Let's go to Jerusalem. i got to put the plan in place. You want this fixed? Let me go to Jerusalem. We'll put the plan in place. Anybody want to be different than you are right now? Anybody want this 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 to change? Anybody want your enemies? Do yes. yeah, you understand what I'm praying? He said, let's go to Jerusalem. i got a plan. Go get the cold. Cold, the donkey, Yes. <laughs> the The
1: burrow. I'm a donkey
0: Jesus said let's go to Jerusalem I got a plan go get the donkey and watch what happened verse 35 and they brought unto him or brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the donkey the colt and they sat Jesus there on Jesus was sitting on the thing that started the plan the donkey So, okay I got a plan you want your enemy gone let's go Let's put the plan in place. But watch this. He goes on to say in verse 37 And when they came nigh, even now to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitudes of, everybody say the disciples, Disciples. began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. You want your enemy dead? Jesus, I got a plan. I'm gonna get a donkey. We're gonna go into Jerusalem, all right. and he gets there, and people start praising and shouting for all the things that they had seen. Anybody ever seen anything for God? Has God done anything for you at all? I mean, even just one thing. As he, as he, I mean, you woke up this morning, you were still breathing. Some of you aren't breathing well. I can see you're a little pale, but you're still breathing. You're still here. Okay. I got a plan, Jesus says, but you gotta follow the plan exactly. I've got a plan if you want your enemy thrown at my feet so I can kill him, but you got to follow the plan exactly. In verse 38 saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Before you're seated, i also tell you this. Mark chapter 11, verse 8. You don't need to go there. It says that many spread their garments in the way and others cut down branches off trees and, and strawed them in the way. And verse 9, of uh, Mark 11 said that they went before and they followed and cried Hosanna. Blessed be the uh, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Verse 10 said, Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. I mean, he threw a party. He, he threw a celebration. So I got a plan, but you got to follow the plan, just like I said. And your enemies will fall, and I'll kill them. But let's go to Jerusalem. I want to pray with you just, just a little bit. Let's, let's pray before we get in. Father, I thank You for the Word that You've given me. You've inspired me. If nobody else, God, You have moved me to the core. Thank You for not letting this go in my spirit. Thank You for not for grabbing me and just hanging on with this Word. God, I give You all glory and honor for what You're about to do. God, You have moved me, and I thank You for what You have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now before you're seated, you're going you're gonna to learn something here. I want to talk to you just in case, just in case, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but just in case you ever find yourself riding a donkey to your death. Just in case, I want to give you a little bit of advice in case you ever wake up and realize you're riding a donkey and it's taking you to your death. I don't know if that'll ever happen or not. But just in case, I want to give you a little bit of warning in case you ever find yourself on a donkey heading towards your death. I want you to turn to your neighbor shake your hand. Ask them if they're on a donkey. Just in case. We want to get to know each other. I mean, has this become one of the worst things that ever happened in your life? And, uh, I mean, is torment? I mean, anybody in trouble right now? Anybody hurting? Anybody have pain? Anybody discouraged? Anybody ready to give up? Downhearted? Are you? Are you brokenhearted? Do you find yourself on a donkey and you feel like it's taking you to your death? All right, you can be seen. I'll never forget um, hanging out in Mexico with, with Brother Larry Senior uh, in Durango, Durango. It was a great time. He wore my pants and uh, he messed them up. And he got into my pants and he messed them up. They were tight, but he wore them all day long. And we ate. Of course, you're in Mexico, so you have to eat Mexican food, right? That's right. I could have had a watch. I mean, you can't eat Colombian food in Mexico. So we, and so he ate some really hot. In fact, he, that whole trip, he would eat my food. I would eat a plate. Or i get a plate, he'd get a plate. He'd eat the plate, and then he would take my plate and eat my plate. And then everybody would say, oh, the pastor likes the food, and give me another plate. And i hand him that, he'd eat that too. I mean, I lived on Snicker bars and Coca-Cola for 10 days. But but I'll never forget, Brother Garcia took us out on on a little trip to where his uh, village was, to where his mom was, and is really a a small town, maybe even the size of marathon, and and, uh, just maybe 60 or 80, maybe 100 people there. and uh, they had blocked off walls, and he called them little ranches, but they were all connected. And, and he wanted to show me this. And he, he wanted to show me um, the cup of Christ. There was this, there was this rock formation. and We went out and looked at this park, and and we get out there, and lo and behold, there's a dump. And, and this, this little, I don't know, eight-year-old just riding this donkey, just like a horse, just going everywhere, just riding this donkey. And, and it didn't make look fun. And Brother Garcia said, do you want to ride the donkey? And, of course, I said, no, but Brother Larry said, sure. And so they brought the donkey over, and, and they put me on the donkey. And I sat on that donkey. First, that donkey, you And I sat on it. I'm like, go, let's go, giddy up, giddy up. And they're like, pastor, please calm down. This is a Spanish donkey. <laughs> <laughs> the donkey wouldn't move. I was have sat there for five minutes. Didn't move at all. That stupid donkey wouldn't budge. It wouldn't go anywhere. It looked like a U. I know that. I mean, it, I'm a big guy. It was all bamboo. Ah! <laughs> but that donkey would not move. And, and, and Bianca and... and Vanessa, they're it's gonna laugh, Wahoo, faster, ah look you the pastor Brother Larry's taking pictures. You'll see the pictures, yeah, they're on our Facebook. I mean, just, that stupid donkey would have moved. So I got off the donkey, brother Larry gets on the donkey. Get up, let's go, yeah. And it like takes four steps or something. He gets off, proclaims victory. I moved it four steps. <laughs> that little eight year old jump back on that donkey, start riding it all over the that donkey, just like everybody. And so that's my brief experience with a donkey. Donkeys appear to be very stubborn. The Donkeys appear to have their own attitude or their own um, dispensation. Like, I shall not be moved. I, you know, I didn't have a whip. I didn't have a character. That donkey wouldn't have gone for nothing. I wanted to ride the donkey, I wanted to come back and say I got on that donkey and he took me around the whole park and it was beautiful and I was excited, but that stubborn donkey would not move at all. I don't know if it was my accent, I don't know if it was my bad Spanish, I don't know what it was, but it would not go. And yet, if you ever find yourself on a donkey that's heading for death, death, I want to give you a little bit of advice, okay? I want to help you out. I don't know if you're like me. Um, I I don't know if you've ever had one of those weeks that just gone from bad to worse. You you ever wake up one time and just say, I I don't even want to get into Monday because I know what lies ahead of me. Have you ever told yourself, if I make it through this week, it'll be by the grace of God. If I make it through this event, it'll have to be by God's strength. Have you ever had one of those moments where you just throw up your hand and say I don't know if this ain't going anywhere I don't know what's going on I'm frustrated up to here I'm ticked off at the enemy I don't know what to do if you're like me I look for scripture right away <laughs> you know those, those comforting ones that David said You know, yea though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death I mean those ones that really uplift your spirit you know The ones that that Jesus, you know, the ones that Jesus said when when He said, uh, in this world, you'll have tribulation. I mean, the good ones that really just uplift my spirit, you know. Yea, though I make my bed in hell, thou art with me. I'm like, really? Why can't I find any of those good scriptures that say, you know, everything's going to be okay. And uh, everything's going to turn out okay. But not me. I got to start flipping out those those scriptures that really get down inside of me that says, "Look, things are going to get bad." Great, just put me on a donkey and send me right to my dad. That's fine. I, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe It's probably a good thing. You don't read your Bible because you, you don't find any of those type of things. You know, I I am the type of person that when I hit the hit rock bottom. I want somebody to say something good to me. Yes. But, but there's all kinds of scriptures that said, you know what? They hated you, they're going to hate me. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. But be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. Well, I'm glad you overcome the world I don't think I'm going to make it through this week. All those positive verses. You know, I like I like the fact that, that when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, I, I, I I'm under I'm sure that many understood the words of the prophet Zechariah that said, "Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, the King cometh unto thee. He is just, having salvation in Zechariah 9.9. 9. having salvation, lowly, and riding upon a donkey and upon the colt of the bull of a donkey. They looked up and saw him coming in on a donkey." And said, here he is, the one that's bringing salvation. Here he is, the one that's going to bring healing. Here he is, the one that's, that, that, that's going he to restore everything, riding on a donkey. I, I, I don't know about you. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes, sometimes things are so bad, that I feel like there's an enemy surrounding me on all sides. And, and again, I don't know if I'm like if you're like me or not, but, but if you ever find yourself on a donkey heading towards death, I I, I kind of get a pity party going. Yeah. I'm like, God, the enemy's got me surrounded on all sides. Can you open my eyes like he did the prophets so I can see the angel armies that are all around me? Can I please have that experience? That's never happened to me, but I prayed those prayers. God, open my eyes. I know you're here somewhere. Show me what's going on just in case you ever find yourself on a donkey I just want to explain what it looks like the view from what it looks like I just look around like what's next I mean come on what's next I, I, I'm sure that God is there and I'm sure that God has everything under control but, but I just like to see the warrior angels once in a while so I know that I'm not surrounded on every side like show me God what, what are you doing here Now look, I I know, I've said it many times already today, I know that God has everything under control. I know that He would not let anything happen that was not within His will. You believe that? If it's not in His will, it's not going to happen to you. But the problem is, my mind says mocking and beating and betrayal and persecution and crucifixion and death and tomb are all within His will. I'm like, okay. I'm heading into this week, and all these things are a possibility: persecution and death, and cruel mocking, and trials, and uh, tribulation, and death, and crucifixion, and all—all all these things are in your wheel. I say, God, do any of them lie in the realm of possibility for me in this week? You know, he—he he wouldn't tell me anyway, because I'd freak out, and I wouldn't do to do, do what he, he says. Uh, that, that, that that's the thing about it. God. If God told you everything right now, most of you give up right here. If God say, "Look, I'm going to explain your whole story to you. You got about five minutes. Let's sit down and talk. I'm going to tell you what it looks like at the end. I'm going to tell you everything you have ever to go through and, and all the little trials and tribulations. I'm going to tell you all those type of things. Most of you walk out of here and say, "I'm not doing this. There's no way I'm going through that. You mean loss? I have to go through loss? I ain't going to do it." You mean I have to go through people getting mad at me? Yeah, you're gonna to have to do that. You mean I have to go through persecution? Yeah, you mean I have to go through all the yes, you do got to go through that. But God says I can only reveal to what you can receive or handle at this point. Yeah. Okay? So it's within it's in your possibility, God. Don't tell me much, God. Yeah. It's within the realm of possibility, but I really don't want to go through this week. Has anybody ever prayed this God? Not my will, no. but your will be done. But if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Yes, yes. You ever pray? I'm just trying to be honest. Okay, maybe this doesn't mean anything to you, but this week I have really been praying. God, are we getting to Jerusalem yet? Come on. Is the plan is still in place? Yeah. Are we still intact? Yeah. Are, 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 are we still heading towards victory? I mean, today is supposed to be a day of celebration. I, I mean, Jesus comes in Jerusalem, the whole town explodes and starts singing praises and shouting and dancing and throwing things Yes, our King is coming. I mean, a day of celebration. But Jesus said, that's just the start of the plan. Okay. I understand that. But if it be your will, would you let this come? from me. I I don't know if that means anything to you, but it means a whole lot to me. There's just something special and something powerful about this day. When I started thinking about it, there's something that just moved me. In fact, in in efforts of uh, probably ruining this sermon, I've got to get To the key element of this sermon, what, what really spoke to me that this day became so special, this Palm Sunday, this triumphant entry, that it messed up my theology. When I started thinking about my plans versus his plans, when I started laying out my tribulation and my problems versus his problem, this one day messes up my theology. It, it confuses me. And so all week long in my mind I'm saying this is out of chronological order. That's a big theological term saying that it's not the right timeline. No. This messed up my whole theology. This one event, Resurrection Sunday is coming but triumphant entry is here. Why? In the world did it start with praise. Why did it start with a celebration? Why did it start with a triumphant entry? Why why in the world did it start? It seems like it's out of order. It doesn't seem like the puzzles fit together. Why in the world on Palm Sunday would there be a celebration when there's a death coming? Do you know what I mean? Why in the world if he had to go through all this garbage and stuff? Why did he start off with upon Sunday, in Doug Ingers theology, now you can say that you're not like me, but in my mind, if I knew that there was pain coming, there was a cross coming, there was a grave coming in front of me, and yes, even a resurrection, in my mind, I would have waited after the resurrection to throw the party. That's just me. Maybe you're not the same. In my mind, I'd say, Okay. Um, I know Jesus knew what he was going to have to do. He knew that he was going to have to die. He knew he had to do all this. And and I would have said, okay, disciples, um, if we're going to defeat the enemy, I want you to throw a party after I come out of the tomb. And I would have said, you know, John, go get some balloons and... And, and Peter, I want some cake and ice cream there, and I want a big band. I want, I want the band. I want all the instruments. I want a, I mean, I just want this kickoff celebration. And I, I just want the music pumping. But wait till I come out of the grave. Yeah. I mean, you just wait till I've already conquered before we have any praise ceremony, any testimony, anything like that. You just wait till the end. But not Jesus. No. come on. This messed me up big time because you're. Not your King of Kings said, guess what? We're heading to be killed. We're heading to be scattered. We're heading to be um, betrayed. We're heading to be persecuted. We're heading to be crucified. We're heading for a grave. The first thing we're going to do when we get into that city is we're going to throw apart. Yeah, you're, you're reacting like my wife did. So maybe this is just for me. Like, okay, that's, right. that's cute. That's really, really cute. Okay, that's really, really cute. to have a praise celebration. I would have waited until after I came out of the tomb and said, okay, now you have a reason to shout. Now you have a reason to praise me. Now, if I was Jesus, I would have waited until then. But not Jesus. Jesus said, you want to kill your enemy? Let's go to Jerusalem. i got a plan. And he gets onto a donkey that's stubborn enough to say, nobody's ever written, that he's young, he's never been ridden up before, let's get on it. And take him to the praise server. Let's, let's get on this animal that has an attitude and a chip on his shoulder. And let's ride him into praise. Let's, let's get him in front of crowds of people so that you can rejoice for the marvelous and mighty works that you have already seen. Yes. Come on. I'm like, what? Jesus said, I'm your example jesus said if you want your enemy to be thrown at my feet so i can kill him you've got to do the things in the right order if you if you want if you want what you claim you want you've got to put it in perspective you've got to take the right steps there's got to be upon sunday before there's ever a resurrection there's got to be praise before you ever get your answer there's got to be something in you that says god Run, I don't know how much time. Like I'm going to run this through this whole sermon. <laughs> Listen, most of you spend more time focusing on what is in front of you instead of celebrating what is behind you. Yeah, most yeah. of you are already freaking out about what Monday holds or what Tuesday holds or, or what problems lie in front of you. More of you spend more time on the problems of, rather than the one that's going to solve you. It looks very big. Yeah. Yeah. But if I learn to step back and praise Him, it doesn't look so big. Great. It looks like a dot. But we spend most of our week doing this. Girlfriend, i got to talk to you. You don't know how bad it is. Let me let me tell you how bad it is. Brother Tyler, Brother J. Cruz, oh, it is so bad. I, can I take a couple hours and tell how bad it is? Can, can I talk to you? Can we have like a, a, a boat? sit around the table and eat ice cream and complain about how horrible our life is. Jesus was heading to his death. Jesus was heading to a betrayal. Jesus was heading to a crucifixion. Jesus was about to be beat with in case you ever find yourself on a donkey heading to death, can I recommend that you swing back uh, the Palm Sunday message and learn to celebrate? Can I I recommend, instead of you spending four hours telling your problems how big they are, why don't you spend about four seconds telling your problems how big your God is? Why why, why instead of glorifying your problems, don't you start glorifying your God? I'm telling you the secret to avoiding all Your victory is praise. I'm telling you that if you want to make it to the resurrection and you've got to go through death and you find yourself on that donkey, ride into the streets and shout, Hosea. of his plan before we ever get to Tuesday, before we ever get to the trial, before we ever get to the persecution, before Judas ever betrays me, let's just take a 30-second praise break, Jesus said. Let's just take a little time to arrive in Jerusalem. Let's crank up the music. Let's shout a little bit. Let's dance a little bit. You want to drive your enemy crazy? Amen. You want to mess up people that you want to see dead in your life or problems you want to be choked out and gone you to start celebrating like it's already happened. I, I challenge you to start praising him like he's already done something for you. I challenge you to lift up his name instead of the problem's name. I challenge you to get on that donkey, the one that nobody's ever ridden. I challenge you to do something you've never done before. I challenge you to get on that young colt, that one that nobody's ever broken before. That that's never broken your heart before. I challenge you to let it go and ride ahead into Jerusalem. I tell people all the time I don't like being around negative people. I don't. I know there's some here I love you we'll hang out for about 30 seconds but that's about it. Some, some negative people just wear on me. Like, oh. I tell them the secret to our marriage, you know what the secret of our marriage is? Is that we get to listen to your problems. We go home every night like we ain't got nothing. Those folks are messed up. Our little problem, nothing. Uh, you you want to get help in your marriage, start counseling other marriages and find out how messed up theirs is. You'll walk away rejoicing, like, oh it really wasn't that big a deal. So that you won't take out the garbage. That ain't that bad. <laughs> I'm telling you the secret. It's not the way Doug Inger would do it. It's not the way that you would do it. You're waiting for God to answer your prayer before you start celebrating that the answer's coming. You're waiting for that problem to be fixed and dead before you wake up and start celebrating it before it ever happens. is the only way you'll make it to resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know why my mind passed through. Do you know why ministers I haven't freaked out? Do you understand why? I hear your guys problems all the time. Hey, and I'm not comparing myself to all of you. I just saying I have learned to step away and just say, God, I'm going to give you the glory. You I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'll just give you the glory. I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere. I'm just going to start giving you the glory. Just in case you find yourself on that be to death, I challenge you to start praising him. Yes, yes. I challenge you to start lifting up His name. I, in fact, I want the musicians to go. I want you to stand with me. Yeah. Pastor, what are we going to do? It's so bad. Praise Him. Yes. Pastor, I just wish this thing would end. Praise Him. Yeah. Pastor, I'm so sick and tired of going through the same thing over and over and over. Well, in case you ever find yourself on a donkey riding to the death, can I recommend that you start learning to praise him? Your problem isn't the fact that your God isn't able. Your problem is is you won't praise him before you ever get there. That's what your biggest problem is. Misery has come yes, my biggest secret. It's my praise, God. The thing that keeps me from losing my mind is my praise. It's not my prayer life. I try to pray. I have a good prayer life. But it's not my prayer life. It's my praise life that gets me through to the end of the week. It's not the telephone calling my girlfriend or my boyfriend or even my wife. It's my praise that gets me through. It's not my gets me carried over to the next morning. It's my praise that gets me carried over to the next morning. You got it out of order. You want to praise Him after the fact. Jesus said, I got an example. Bring me your enemy. Let's praise Him. Break me your problem, Jesus said. I'll kill that problem. But you got to go through Jerusalem the right way. Before you ever get to the persecution. Before you ever get to the problem. Before you ever get to the, the, the cur- yeah. crucifixion. Before you ever get to the death. Before that resurrection ever happens in your life. You've got to break him. Pray for Here's why. <laughs> yes. Because it comes down to trust. Yes. It's the okay. only reason prayer is necessity. Because if you wait till after the resurrection to praise Him for the resurrection, it proves that you don't trust Him. Amen. It proves that you think like He's every other man. you got to prove yourself before I do anything for you. you got to get out of that grave before I lift my voice. They praised Him, not for what was ahead. Honestly, they praised Him for what they had already seen. But that praise pushed Him through His purpose and came out the other end as resurrection. is because you're a horrible praiser. Don't tell me how many hours you spend in prayer. I'm glad you do. Don't tell me how often you read the Bible. Tell me, are you willing to praise Him? him. Are you willing to praise Him before you ever get into Jerusalem? Are you willing to praise Him before that problem ever comes up? Most of you wait until the problem and you start calling the pastor you say, Pastor, please pray. Well, it's almost too late to pray now. You should have praised up to this point. There's a lot of rules on prayer. Don't use vain repetition. Whatever you ask, ask in the name. If there are two or three, there's a lot of rules on prayer. But there's no rules on praise. Praise is abandonment. Praise says, you know what? I know what lies ahead of me. I know what tomorrow is going to hold. I want to get into somebody's mail this morning. You're saying, I already know what my marriage looks like tomorrow. Well, then why don't you praise Him on the first day of the week? Some of you already listened out to all the problems that's going to happen this week. And you're like, well, this is not fair. This is horrible. This sucks. I don't like this. I give up. I'll tell you what. Why don't you take about a 30-second praise break and praise Him for what He's already done? Your hindrance has been your prayer, praise, not your prayer. It's the same thing you tell your children. Well, if you don't tell me thank you, I'm not going to give it to you. You try to teach your children respect. Why don't you start respecting God? God, your ways are not my ways. And I'm going to start praising you before any of the problems happen. Praise is the start of the example. Praise is the start of your healing. Praise is the start of your deliverance. Praise is the start to the fixing of your marriage. Praise is the start to the miraculous that you need to be done in your life. Praise is the answer. Jesus, and I'm going to get on something that you have never wanted to ride before. In fact, I'm going to ride something that's young in you. I'm going to ride something that you don't even want to unloose. Jesus, i got a plan. Go get that untapped, full of potential praise. Let's ride it into Jerusalem. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Glory to you, God. Stop asking Him for things and start praising Him for the things He's already done. Stop going through your list of uncompleted and unfulfilled and uncharted territory and start lifting up that unwritten mural of praise. That stubborn attitude that says I'm not thanking Him for anything. That unbroken attitude chip on your shoulder that says I have nothing to praise Him for. You're out of order. Praise is what starts this week off. They glorified Him. They praised Him. Jesus, You are worthy. Jesus, You are the King. to praise Him. He'll be your release. He'll be your release. Jesus, I don't know. Put this in. to learn to praise. We're going to fight this the right way. The enemy's going to be thrown at our feet. He will be destroyed. But we're going to go to Jerusalem first. Before this ever happens, we're going to go to Jerusalem first. To work And I was praying for wisdom, God said, pray for praise. Pray for a spirit of praise to fall upon this place. We praise you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. You are mighty. You are powerful. You are wonderful. You are powerful you up, we exalt you, we cherish you Jesus, we proclaim Jesus right now in the name of Jesus that our praise is not broken, it's not destroyed it's the only way we're going to face this in Jesus' name is with the voice of trial, with the voice of victory, with the voice of declaration we praise you God, we ask that you would lift up, God, strengthen them, God, head them, God, down that path, God, with encouragement and excitement. Jesus, we sit with anticipation, God, praising you for what lies ahead, praising you for the victory that we should hear, and we'll give you glory and honor for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Here's what we want to do real quick. Whatever you came into this place with. Whatever you start this week with. I just want to hear a shout real quick. Will you just say thank you Jesus for what you going to Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. We exalt you. 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 Here's what I'm going to say. Before you leave. I'm not going to be mean. But if you come to me this afternoon and tell me about all your problems, I'm going to just simply tell you, go praise him. If you're waiting to see the pastor so you can tell me all the things that are going on, and I'll listen, I'll listen, and we'll pray, and all that, that stuff. But if you're just waiting to get through this day by telling all your problems, you picked the wrong Sunday to do it in. It's Palm Sunday. I'm just going to tell you, go praise him. Go praise him. Go praise him. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Yeah. Amen. Shake hands one with another. So glad that you're here. Make sure you shake the uh, tip of his hands as you head out the door. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.